0: I know a place where we can go To lay the troubles down eating your soul This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs Now, your host, Eric Cartier Senior pastor of Rocky Mountain Calvary Church Like a tide, it is rising up
1: Welcome to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier. Thanks so much uh, for joining me. Hope that you're doing well, that your commute is going well, that you're not stuck in too much uh, traffic Uh, today. Really excited to talk about the importance of fellowship, the importance of relationship. I have Pastor James Rainiersen with me. He is our small groups pastor as well as doing pastoral uh, care. Welcome to the program, James. Thanks for having me on, Eric. How's your day going? It's going very well. Awesome. Well, first I want to just give the listeners a chance to get to know you. So just a little bit of your background, where you grew up, how you met your wife and those type of things. Well, I am a local Colorado and I've been here pretty much my whole life. Um, moved up to
2: Greeley um, when I went up to college, went to Northern Colorado and graduated from up there. And that's where I met my wife. Um, we met our freshman year. We were actually journalism majors and uh, met our freshman year. And then we both Started dating and quickly changed from journalism after that. And I became a history major and she went into psychology and um, started dating from there. And we got married uh, my day after my graduation or senior year. So okay, she was a little bit more in school than I was and uh, graduated <laughs> a semester early. And uh, I graduated in May. She graduated in December. And So she beat you? She did. She, she beat me. I had a little bit of summer school to go. I had to catch up a little bit. So. Okay. Um, we've been married for 14 years in August, so Mm -hmm. we just celebrated our 13th anniversary a few months ago. Uh, we have three wonderful children. We have Garrett, who's 10, um, Taryn, who's seven, and then Bennett, who's four. And
1: so we've been blessed to to just have those kids and they've been a blessing upon our life as well. That's awesome. So cool. How about your journey in becoming a pastor? You know, I know that's a little bit of a longer question, but, (laughs) you know, give us the highlights of how God got you to, to this place. Yeah. So, um, I was actually working at a car dealership down
2: here in Colorado Springs as a finance manager there. And I was, we were living in Denver at the time and I was commuting every single day and working a ton of hours and it was just too much. And we ended up moving down here and, um, we ended up asking to be coming to Rocky Mountain Calvary through Joshua Siskowski, who is now the pastor at the Ellicott campus. And he had worked with Aaron, um, at Falcon High School and um, i said, Hey, you guys should come to this church and started coming here for a couple of years and then really started just getting to the word. And God really started working on my heart. And, uh, Josh and Jesse, his wife invited us to come to um, school discipleship. And after praying about it, we decided to come and never look back from there. And it's about a year into school discipleship that I kind of felt that call to take on more ministry and started teaching in the high school where I was volunteering and served there for five years, went through school ministry. And then shortly after that is when, uh, it's kind of on
1: my heart to talk with with you and Robert about coming on staff and yeah,
2: thankfully it worked out.
1: It's one thing that I really enjoy about Rocky mountain Calvary and our leadership structure is it's a lot of, of serve be equipped inside of the local church. Like most of us haven't gone to seminary outside Mm -hmm. of Dr. Dan and to see God raise up pastors from within our fellowship is really exciting. It's been awesome to see, um, yeah. you know, and, and
2: it, that fellowship that we're going to talk about here in a little bit, it, it's its so strong within those people like Pastor Tyler. I know you guys have had him on here before, but Pastor Tyler and I have grown in relationship and we walked through yeah. school discipleship and school ministry together. And yeah. it was just, it's so great to have a brother to walk with through that and have great mentorship. And that's another part of that fellowship piece yeah. is you develop that mentorship program where people are leaning on you and and giving you that advice and, and just walking through the process with you. And it really strengthens that, that fellowship within the church.
1: Several of you have gone through school discipleship together, entered into pastoral ministry together, and really deep, deep relationships. Yes. It's been fun to see. That's awesome. That's cool. We're really glad that you're a pastor on staff and you've been such a huge part of RMC for so many years. I remember... Really getting to know you when you are a high school leader, and some of my kids were in the high school ministry, and so I know you've got a big heart for teens as well. So, Still do, yes. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, what's it like being a small group pastor? Let's start there. Like, how does it go? You know, give the listeners just a, a little view of of what you do to to get small groups kicked off.
2: Well, so I was blessed that I already came into a small group that was established. Um, Pastor Sean had had done quite a bit with establishing it, and and I took it over and took it over about a year ago and um, didn't realize how strong the community was within Rocky Mountain Calvary. Um, I knew of Connect Groups, and then when I took over as Hmm. a small groups pastor, I realized how tight-knit they are, Um, that there's almost 70 groups within the church right now, and Always welcoming to open new groups. You know, we, we open up in midsummer for new groups to come in, but just seeing that community base and seeing connect groups meeting up and talking with one another and fellowshipping. And now they sit with each other in church and just watching that whole progress and realizing how much of the church body is involved in that. Mm. Um, it's really cool to see that leadership and, and people within our body willing to, to host and open up their homes and, and to just grow with that.
1: I think it's where like real deeper learning happens. Like there's learning that happens in a sanctuary setting where you're hearing a teaching and that's really important and valuable. But when you're able to discuss the section of scripture, ask questions, open up about the peaks and valleys in your life, it seems like through those relationships is where God really grows us. Certainly so. Um, and, and that's part of the discussion questions that
2: that we work on is, is obviously we try to focus on what's being taught on the pulpit and practical ways of applying that in everyday life. And we leave that opportunity just for everybody to talk. And that's part of the best part about a connect group is, is you're stepping out of those blue chairs, so to speak, and you're, you're conversing with other people and you're fellowshipping and, and you can lean on one another. Um, I have groups that have brought meals over when people have happened and um, one of the coolest things is we had a connect group leader who his wife ended up going to the hospital and before the pastors could even get to the hospital, the connect group was there mm. visiting her and, and praying with the husband. And when they beat the pastors to a hospital, it's, it's pretty impressive. So just yeah. to see that tight knit community of if something happens, they can just lean
1: on one another. Have you seen uh, the body be more hungry to be in relationship since quote COVID and the quarantines being over? certainly so. Um, you
2: know, we've had new groups popping up left and right and the beauty is it's it's groups that aren't just hey, we're going to throw you together. It's groups of, you know, I have single moms groups, I have empty nester groups, we have, you know, teen parent groups that it's it's not just groups within the church that are thrown together. It's groups that that have the love of Christ but also have a similar living background or anything like that, that they can relate with one another and and talk about those deeper things instead
1: of just getting together as a group. You know, God always uses everything. And I've seen that too since COVID is, I think that the body of Christ as a whole, not just our church, but the big C church, we value relationship more, you know, value Mm -hmm. in-person worship even more and value the opportunity to go to someone's home, break bread together study the word together, pray for each other, be in each other's lives. But I think you almost have to fight against isolation, you know, you because it's really easy to just kind of slip into that mode of, of, of being isolated. So there's kind of the, the pros and the cons, uh, happening, but it definitely in our church seemed to really revive the hunger for fellowship.
2: It did. And yeah. it's, it's awesome to see. And, um, you know, I know you've talked about this. I've heard you say it before, but, but we we have food at every Connect Group meeting that we have, mm. and that is and a great it. tie together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jesus loved to eat, and so do we. So, yeah. um, you know, that's just the that's the start of the fellowship. You start the evening with just having a meal with each other and and enjoying that time, and not necessarily going straight into a Bible study, but just talking to one another and having food and breaking bread, and that really leads to mm. that camaraderie
1: that the groups have built. That's awesome. I think that that is really missing in our uh, society. So we're hoping that today's show really stirs you in this area of fellowship. Maybe it's been a while uh, since you have been in fellowship, been in a small group or been in in in-person worship. And hopefully you're stirred uh, by the Holy Spirit to be in church, you know, to be plugged into a home church, but also to be in a small group. So you're listening to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. James Rainier is with me uh, today. We're going to head to a break. And we'll be right back just to continue to tackle this subject of fellowship. Stay with us.
0: Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7. The Word.
1: Welcome back to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Thanks for listening. We're Monday through Wednesday from five to six, uh, focusing on Southern Colorado and Colorado Springs. Pastor James Rainier with me today. He is our Connect Group pastor here at RMC, and we're talking about the importance of uh, fellowship. You know, I think most of us as Christians would go, I see the value of being in a relationship with believers, but yet for some reason we're not. What do you think are some of the biggest hindrances that, that keep... Christians, the body, from being connected with each other? I think one of
2: them's fear of talking to one another. Mm. Um, you know, it's easy to come in and sit in church and listen to the word and then walk right back out, but taking mm. that step of faith and conversing with other people and talking with other people and, and getting into Bible studies and, and fellowshipping with one another, it's it's a big fear. Um, a lot of people don't want to talk or they don't think they have the time for it or a thousand other things that could happen. but. Um, you know, one thing that I've definitely learned throughout my connect group leaders is trust in the Lord is Mm. in those moments where they're opening up their home and, and willing to do that. It's trusting that God's going to guide them in that moment.
1: Yeah. I like that you bring that up because I think there's, there is a lot of fear, right? Like you, it's pretty easy to come to churches in the Springs and never talk with anybody, come and go, uh, enjoy it, grow from it but never be connected in relationship. And there's so many places in the new Testament that say one another Mm -hmm. and how do we love one another? How do we edify one another if we're not in relationship with each other? And I think even having that mindset, when you come to church, like I'm going to come a little early, stay a little late. A lot of times people sit in the same areas. You know, I can see that from my, (laughs) my vantage point and Beginning with, I'm going to reach out to people and try to build some relationships inside of my my church, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And then I think there's a lot of fear in opening up your home, you know, like Definitely to so. people that you don't know and how's this going to go and all those, those type of things. You know, what are some of the testimonies that you hear from our small groups as far as from the host, the leader, or the participants?
2: Um, I mean, I mean, I hit on it earlier is, is food, you know, um, just coming up with different stuff is, is awesome. Um, you know, people have done hot chocolate nights and food nights, but, but the food's obviously one of the the highlights, but, um, you know, some testimonies that I have just is the growth that they didn't think would happen within their groups. Hmm. Um, I've got one group that is almost 25 people and that's a lot of people to open up your home to and. And they actually just split off into another group. And it's that it's development awesome. of yeah. leaders, which is awesome to see that as leaders, they have been grooming other people to, to step out in their faith as well and, and lead and, and to have that group open up and be willing to split up and, and see that growth happen. And that's what we truly want out of the connect groups is that their fellowship yeah. and growing that
1: it's natural that they want to just lead themselves and, and grow as well. Yeah, that's awesome. I've heard from a lot of people that being in a connect group here has made the difference. You know, mm-hmm. I hear a lot, well, I came to RMC for years and didn't know anyone and got into a connect group, and now I feel really connected relationally. I think, you know, one of the things that really hinders us in fellowship is busyness. Mm-hmm. You know, I, most of us, when we think about committing to getting together with believers in a small group setting, we're like, I don't have the time. You know, Amber and I have been a part of a group where the wives meet on Thursday night and the guys meet Friday mornings. And there was a season, maybe about a year after it had started, where we're like, we're too busy. You know, like we just had young kids and just life and ministry, and we're like, we, we just can't do it. And then we went through some challenges in our in our life, and went through a miscarriage, and then we're like, we've got to have this group back in mm-hmm. our lives. And now it's like 15 years later, and we're we're still meeting. But we almost missed out on one of the biggest blessings in our lives because we're too busy. But we had to reorganize and go. No, this has to be a priority. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you see that a lot? Busyness kind of keeps us from fellowship. Certainly so. Um,
2: you know, lives get crazy, and I have three kids, and yeah, you know, schedules get get absolutely insane. And yeah. but one thing that as a church staff that we have been very very intentional about is is eliminating the nose. Um, hmm. And so groups can choose the night that they want to meet. And when like our website has the list of open groups on it and it says the night and it says whether there's childcare involved. And we want to provide those opportunities that if there's kids that need to be taken care of, that we're going to help help them provide childcare and just take away all those, those reasons to say no and, and take that away and, you know, offering different nights and different opportunities for that kind of stuff is is something that we've been very, very intentional about with the establishment of connect groups.
1: Yeah. It feels like if we don't make the time, we're never going to have the time. That's right. In this group that I'm a part of on Friday mornings with these guys, when it comes to Friday mornings, like 50, 50, I'm like, I don't feel like getting up, you know, (laughs) you know, like my flesh is just like, Oh, just, just stay home. And, and sometimes it's even like, I just want to stay home and read my Bible and, you know, drink my coffee and sit by my, my fireplace. Uh, but I'm always glad that I go. You know, I'm always glad that I'm I'm connected with with believers uh, for sure.
2: Aaron and I have had those moments where, you know, we'll we're like, should we do this? Should we not? Like kind of tired and then we end up going and we're just filled up. Um, you know, and, and it really it it's the blessing of the Holy Spirit that fills us with we just got to bless a family with a visit or had a conversation he didn't expect to have and all of a sudden, you know, you just feel so so full from that and um it's just so fun to see
1: that that fellowship that happens. Yeah, that that's awesome. So so cool to to see. You know, I think uh, it's important to kind of hit just from scripture uh, why God encourages us to be in relationship with with each other. I think in Hebrews where it tells us that as we see the day approaching, that we don't forsake gathering together as believers. So one, we can look at the signs and go, we're getting closer to Christ's return. Mm -hmm. And that definitely seems where we're at. Then there's this temptation to want to forsake the assembling of gathering uh, together as, as believers. And I know that people are probably tired of hearing this, but I want to give a a shout out. Like if you haven't returned to in-person services, like it's time you're, you're, you're overdue. Definitely. So, you know, and it really does begin with saying, I'm going to be, in the house of the Lord, you know, mm-hmm. on a Sunday morning, Saturday night, uh, and and seeking those those relationships. Uh, it's interesting that COVID would have impact our culture in such a way where attending church services, worship, has gotten minimized. You know, mm-hmm. it, oh, uh,
2: totally so. And I mean, it was one thing that the Aaron and I when when COVID was going on, we were watching services online, and and we just missed that fellowship. We missed just. Shaking somebody's hand or giving them yeah. a hug or buying them a cup of coffee or anything like that. We just miss that, that fellowship that just happens. And, you know, that's, that's one thing I love about our Saturday night services, which I highly encourage people to go to because mm. that fellowship is, is rampant on Saturday night, especially, you know, everybody hangs out afterwards and talks. And I know our high school kids constantly go get food together. And, yeah. um, just having that fellowship on Saturday nights is, is super fun.
1: And I think another thing that, Maybe we can hit this when we get back from the break is just that keeps us from being in relationship with believers is hurt. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, well, I used to be part of a Bible study group or accountability group or fellowship and I got hurt. You know, here, this was supposed to be something that was life giving in my life. And then the enemy really causes that to say, well, I'm not going to do that again. And that, that hurt prevents us from being in, in fellowship. Have you seen that as well?
2: Yeah, I've had it. I've had multiple interactions like that where they're just tentative to to pull the trigger and and just take that step of faith. And it's hard. Mm. Um, and I understand. Um, you know, there's there's certain situations you don't want to get back into it and and feel like you're going to get hurt again. So, totally see that. But but that's where God's fruition comes into play is trusting in Him in those difficult times and saying, "Lord, what do you have for me in this?" And taking that that step that believing that the lord's
1: going to handle this the right way Hmm. sounds good we'll tackle that more when we come back from the break of just how do you work through hurt to be willing to get back into a church or back into a a small group so this is crosswalk colorado springs just want to remind you today's show does turn into a podcast anywhere you find your podcast you can search crosswalk colorado springs james ryanerson is with me pastor from rocky mountain calvary stay with us we'll be right back
0: this is Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word.
1: Welcome back to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. We're talking about a really important issue of relationship with believers. James Ryanerson is with me. He is our Connect Group Pastor at Rocky Mountain Calvary. I think the enemy really attacks us when it comes to a relationship. Um, He wants us to be isolated. When we're isolated, he has a field day uh, with us. When we headed to the break, we were talking about how to work through hurt. Uh, You know, what would you counsel? How would you advise people that are listening that says, yeah, I really am holding on to hurt from the church and it's keeping me from attending a church. It's keeping me from being in fellowship.
2: I mean, it's it's taking that that step out and being willing to talk to people. um, You know, making friends in the church is hard sometimes because we often expect it to come to us, and oftentimes you have to take that step out and ask somebody to coffee or ask somebody to lunch or invite a family mm-hmm. over for dinner. And and I remember at a church that we were at in Denver that that happened where you know our first weekend there we were young married we've been married for a couple of, couple of years at that point and an older couple had asked us to to dinner the first night and we went there not really knowing what was going to happen and um there were four other couples there and it's been 10 years and we still talk with three of the Mm. couples that were at that that lunch um and it's just it's it's sometimes just trusting the the moment and yeah um you know another part of that too and and i say talking is is coming to the church for help you know we offer counseling services here i'm one of the counseling pastors as well and yeah and we'll be more than willing to sit with you at any moment and yeah. just talk with you and go over Bible verses with mm-hmm. you or answer questions. And, um, you know, you're never going to find a closed door when you come in here. Of,
1: of If you need help, we're going to be here to help. I think that's really good to highlight, you know, if, if you have been hurt, to be able to talk with a pastor, talk with a biblical counselor, uh, or a trusted friend, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and say, I really am holding on to this, and it's keeping me from plugging into a body of, of believers. We really have to fight against that, you know. In the Psalms, it talks about being planted in the house of the Lord, and that's a choice that we make to say, no matter what happens and how God's people may hurt me or how I may sin against believers, I'm going to plant myself in in God's house. And the biggest motivation is Jesus loves hanging out with His people. That's right, <laughs> you know. So. <laughs> we're missing out on an aspect of our relationship with him if we're we're not in in fellowship it does seem to be a little bit of a lost skill of how to be friendly you know <laughs> in the in the proverbs it says if you want to have friends you've got to show yourself a uh, a friendly let's let's kind of play this out uh, if somebody's uh, new to church or been at a church but doesn't know any people how do they go about you know establishing some really good friendships Inside of a body of believers, or even with believers at their where they work, with coworkers, or in their neighborhood,
2: and yeah, I mean, actually speaking to the to someone is yeah. is absolutely the most important part because yeah. if you don't talk to anybody, you expect people to come to you, it's not always necessarily going to work. And I think one thing we do really well at Rocky Mountain Calvary is that we are very good about talking to people and and seeking people out. But at the same time, there there is there is a part that you have to play as well in, in introducing yourself and, and asking those questions and and saying, Hey, where are you from? You have any kids? And, um, you know, I, I, I praise our children's ministry because it is a huge ministry. Um, and we welcome so many kids and I've known relationships to build just by waiting in line to pick up your kid. That's right. Um, Yeah. And just talking while you're waiting in that, that line and, and getting to know that. And, um, you know it's not being afraid we talked about fear earlier but it's not being afraid to yeah. to take that step and say hey i'm james how are you what's your name where do you come from you know um and and being willing to just
1: open up that conversation piece yeah it really goes a long long way to invite someone to lunch to coffee mm-hmm. invite them into your home to hang out to to have a, a barbecue but if you don't start somewhere, those friendships are never going to uh, develop. And like you mentioned, I think a lot of times we're wanting people to come to us. And in an ideal world, maybe that would take place. But a lot of times, it takes us going to someone else. Like mm-hmm. if you've got a coworker that you know is a believer, like seek them out and be like, "Hey, let's let's go grab some lunch." You right. Know, I, I have to. You know, clarify that men with men, women with women, you know, in our culture <laughs> yes. and society, you know, but dudes, if you've got other guys at your work that know the Lord, like seek them out. Ladies, if you've got ladies at your work that know the Lord, seek them out and say, hey, let's, let's go to coffee and, and talk about Christ. And I'm sure it'd be a huge encouragement to them. So. Yeah. And in, in developing relationships, um, you know, I think
2: the best type of relationships that I've ever had have been based off of foundational belief in Christ. Um, you know, I, I've had tons of friends and there's been shallow friendships, but the friends that I've had the longest that I'm deepest with is, is those that are standing in biblical truth and that hold me accountable to, to my faith and hold me accountable to who I am as a believer.
1: Yeah, for sure. In Acts two forty two, it says that they continued steadfastly in four things the the apostles, doctrine, prayer, communion, and fellowship. Yep. You know, that, and that seems so core to the early church was being in relationship with each other, breaking bread uh, together. So it can happen organically, you mm-hmm. know, as God brings people in your life, or it may be through uh, a small group or men's or women's study uh, at your at your church. And but it's an important part of our relationship with the Lord is to have relationship with each other. Let me throw you a curveball a little bit. All so, right, uh, if you don't mind going just a little bit personal when you look back on your relationship with the lord what are some of you know the most key people that you've had fellowship with either either as a family or an individual um well first and foremost to be my wife um yeah amen
2: (laughs) getting kudos points for that one but um (laughs) (laughs) but no and and being able to trust my wife with everything um you know, we call it spouse mm. laws that we can talk to each other about anything. And I everything. like that. Yeah, and that that trust level that's there that that I can bring those difficult things up to her and and talk about stuff. Um, so obviously her, um, second, you know, uh, my my brother-in-law Jack, he and I had yeah. a a good relationship, but then over the years, it's just it's blossomed, and mm. and um, he and I have just really that's really pretty grown. unique. That doesn't always happen. It's Great. crazy, and yeah. um, we consider each other brothers now, even though we're brothers-in-law, mm. but. Um, you know, just that relationship that we can go deep and and constantly be there for him. The other one I mentioned him earlier was Joshua Siskowski. He mm. um was my mentor through school discipleship mm. and became a friend, and then he has just become one of my best friends. And he and I still hold each other. We have accountability meetings, and we hold each other accountable to mm. to everything that's going on. But but there's nothing that's ever off the table with that. And mm. a lot of that has come over just taking those leaps of faith and um. Josh will attest that we're both kind of nerdy, that we love board games. Mm. Um, but that was the start of our friendship was, yeah. hey, do you like board games? And that's how it started and having lots of coffee together and then, um, you know, playing games and just realizing we're both believers and just developing our friendship from there was
1: was just something God fully had a plan on. How many years have you guys been been friends? Um. Oh, man. It's thinking tough now. to do the math.
2: Seven years, because Taryn, my daughter, had just been born when we first met. So seven years now.
1: You guys spend a lot of time together as families. All the time.
2: Yeah. Yep. Our kids are very, Mm. very good friends.
1: I think that's a good insight in building relationships. A lot of times relationships do kind of blossom over a common interest. You know, like it may be pickleball, Mm -hmm. or I I enjoy running, you know, and I have a couple friends that I, I run with, and it's amazing the conversations that we have when we go out and we run together. I think especially for men, you know, it could be playing board games, hunting, golfing, you know, but it, when you when you have a common interest, it, mm-hmm. it can really spark a deep friendship. Definitely mm-hmm. so. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. We're listening to Crosswalk Colorado Springs with Pastor Eric Cartier and Pastor James Rynearson, our small groups pastor, as well as pastoral uh, care. And we're just hitting this topic of uh, fellowship. And I know as you're listening, it may sound a little bit like Charlie Brown zone, like, wah, 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 I'm, I'm getting beat up with this concept of, of fellowship, but God really does desire for you to be in relationship, uh, so hopefully this moves you towards uh, the local church, it moves you towards being plugged in with a body of believers. We've got more on this subject of fellowship, so stay with us. You're listening to 100.7 The Word. Oh, I have days to lose
0: fight try my best, but just don't get I talk a talk that I don't want and miss the moments right before my eyes Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word Good God Almighty I hope you'll find me Praising your
1: name no matter what comes Welcome back to Crosswalk Colorado Springs Thanks so much for listening Hope that your Monday is going well And your commute is... Off to a good start, or maybe you're already home for uh, the evening. We're talking about fellowship, the importance of being in relationship. James Ryniersen is with me from uh, Rocky Mountain Calvary. James, let's talk through the process a little bit. And I know that this is specific to Rocky Mountain Calvary, but I think it's probably similar to most churches in uh, the Springs, is how do you get involved in a small group? Well, there's two ways we can get involved. One, um, you can sign up and just join a connect group.
2: Um, our website, if you go on our website, the connect groups tab has all of the open groups and it. It shows pictures of who the leaders are, what nights they meet, what type of group they are. So if you haven't gotten plugged into a connect group, I urge you to, to go take a look at what open groups are there right now. Um, the other way is becoming a connect group leader and it's, it's being willing to open up your home. And I usually open those up, um, about June or July time. And at that point, um, I kind of go over what the expectations are. We usually look for about a year long commitment in that. Um, Cause we do two semesters. We kind of treat it like a school year with the connect groups. Um, and so with that, you know, I kind of go over what the expectations are, what we look for. Um, and then if you decide to become a leader and open up your home, you know, it's, it's going through a training process. We equip you with everything you need, um, how to host your home and, and how to talk to people and, and what to do. And then, once we get that rolling, we usually roll our connect groups out in August, um, and that's when you start meeting with people. Um, and from there, it's it's usually we're doing something that's been taught on the pulpit. So, you know, the connect groups that we've been doing so far we're on break right now, but um, you know, what they've been doing has been in the Book of Luke. So, whatever you teach on on stage is, um, we try to relate something to that and go into the discussion points from there.
1: I think that's maybe a misnomer with uh leading a connect group, a small group. A lot of people think, well, I've got to be a Bible teacher correct, and it's really opposite from that it The best small group leaders are ones that can ask questions yep. you know uh, people aren't coming to uh, a small group to to have this monologue they're they're wanting uh dialogue so if if you have a heart to facilitate discussion, you're a great potential for a small group leader,
2: yeah. And, and that's really what it is—is—is is, is the questions that that we work on and formulate. It's not—it's not a matter of just going through the Bible verse and, and reading it, but it's—it's it's asking those questions that are going to feed discussion and feed prayer requests. And and some people are going to open up, and some people aren't, and that's right. okay. Can't um, force
1: them. Can't kick the door down. That's right. But yeah. it's
2: leaving that room open to say, "Hey, how do you feel about this type of situation, or, or what would you do in this situation if you were an apostle in this?" in this case, and and just asking those open-ended questions
1: are going to incite, like you said, just incite discussion and, and facilitate that discussion. And there may be some listeners where their church doesn't have uh, small groups or connect groups or a way to get to know people uh, relationally, and God may be stirring people to start something. I know as pastors, a lot of times people come to us and go, well, your church doesn't have this, 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 or this, and my old church had this, and... And but it's always really refreshing when someone says, "I see this need, and I'd like to be part of how to get that started and that's I, right, and I know you guys have put together a lot of great material. I mean we could share that material with you to help get a small group's ministry Certainly. kicked off, but man, you could be that catalyst to start connect groups in your church definitely. I'm willing to talk with anybody that needs needs advice on
2: it or just wants to have coffee or something like that. um I'll gladly fellowship with you. To, uh,
1: to talk about connect groups. so that, That's great. That's, that's really good. You know, the isolation that our culture's in, I think our, our phones have in some ways made us more isolated, even though we can reach out to so many people via text or, or social media. So we really have to be intentional with relationship. We have to fight for a uh, relationship. So really just want to encourage, challenge listeners in the love of the Lord, press into relationship. I've done a lot of funerals. You've done a lot of funerals mm-hmm. and I've never heard people say, you know, I wish I would have spent more time at work on my, my deathbed, That's you know, right. and it, the funerals really represent the depth of relationship or the lack of relationship, mm-hmm. but re- investing in Christ and re- investing in people is really where it's at. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, let me, uh, shift gears a little bit with you, James. You're also, uh, pastoral counseling, and you know, it's very hard to come in and, and receive a, a counseling, what kind of shout out would you give uh, for people to pursue their pastors, pursue counselors to get the help they need? Uh, I mean, first
2: and foremost, I mean, I just want to say that, that whatever's going on, if you need counseling or anything like that, realize that you're not alone, hmm. um, that God is with you throughout what's going on, and we're here to help you walk and, and find that. Um, I think a lot of people are afraid to admit that, that there's something wrong or that they need to talk to somebody and, and, um, bottling it up is not the way to go. Um, and I know there's amazing counselors in the city. We have amazing counselors here at the church and, um, you know, just being able to, to talk with people about it and express your feelings and express what's going on. It can be a weight off of somebody's shoulders instead Mm -hmm. of, Holding it in and not talking about it and just getting angry or bottling it up or holding on to bitterness and anger, being able to talk about it and discuss things
1: in a biblical sense, it can be really uplifting. You know, sometimes I get myself into projects that I don't have the experience to see through the knowledge or the tools, especially car projects. You (laughs) know, and I have a friend that is gracious to come and, and help me when I get stuck. But when he comes over, he's got more experience. He's got more tools and a lot of, he's able to help me get unstuck. This this just happened to me a couple of weeks ago where I was doing something and I just couldn't get it. And I, I it was so hard to call him. I felt like I was losing all my man cards <laughs> and saying, Hey, Steve, can you come over and, and help me with this? But he had the experience and he had the tools and ultimately it's the Lord, but God uses people that are from an outside perspective and they're able to see things that when we're going through it, we, we don't. And so, yeah, take advantage of, of that pastoral care, biblical counselors. We are blessed in the city with a lot of great uh, counselors that can be a huge help.
2: Definitely. So, and, and you're, you're definitely right. You get stuck in the mud and you just don't know how to get out of it sometimes. And sometimes you just need somebody to, to pull through and, and to help out and just take it one step at a time. Yeah. And that's what we're here to do is to walk with you, not, not shoot you down for what's
1: going on or anything like that, but it's, right. it's to walk with you and build you back up. Yeah, for sure. And it's never too late. That's right. You know, a lot of times we feel like this is never going to change, but the gospel is the promise of change. You know, Jesus died for our sins to forgive us, but also the power of sin is broken mm-hmm. and he can bring that change and transformation in our life. So it's not too late. That's right. It's Awesome. Well, last couple minutes here, James, what do you do for fun?
2: Well, I uh I'm a big outdoors guy. I love skiing in the wintertime, okay. fishing and camping in the summertime. My kids love camping and fishing. Mm-hmm. Um so if I'm not here, you usually find me somewhere in the mountains. But um That's great. I'm a big sports guy too, so I, I love following sports. I may not watch it as much as I want, but um I still keep track of everything, kinda kinda follow that stuff. So um big hockey
1: guy, big football guy, baseball mm-hmm. Kind of almost every sport I, I keep track of. And you're calling out Colorado native, right? That's right, yeah. So, so all Colorado fan teams?
2: That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My, it's hard because my son's not rooting for the Broncos, which is mm. understandable, but... A little tension in the relationship? Not really. He's, <laughs> he's like in Tampa Bay, and uh, you know they won, he's 10, I yeah. understand. Yeah. But, um, but no, I'm, I'm all Colorado,
1: so... Yeah, that's great. Well, thanks for taking the time to do this show with me. It was, it was great to have you in. Well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you taking this journey uh, with us. We would like to invite you to Rocky Mountain Calvary. If you don't have a, a church home, our services are Saturday night at 6.30, Sunday at 9 and 11, and then Wednesdays uh, at uh, six 6.30. Wednesdays at 6.30, Saturday nights at 6. So come check us out, rmcalvary.org. And if you've been in that place where you're live streaming services, but you haven't been to an in-person service in a long time, man, I would encourage you to find a local church. We got a lot of awesome churches in the city and plug in and and take that step of faith uh, this year to to really plug into a a church and then go a little step further and get involved in a connect group. So it's really God's plan and design for us. thanks for listening hope you have a great night God bless you
0: but he couldn't feel me breaks and treasures
1: fade are never know